If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest is Diana Keach. Diana's got a background of dressage, show jumping, eventing and also show horse. She's ridden in quite a few royal shows. How are you today, Di? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. Di, we normally start people off with their favourite quote. Have you got one for us? Well, a period of teaching, years of teaching, I've I've decided that it's a quote that applies to a lot of things. Get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. And then there are various other quotes from coaches, but that's one a generalised uh, quote that I feel is very applicable with writing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's it. If you put the effort into getting it right, it saves getting it wrong and then having to go back and redo it. Exactly, because you have to just go back over your steps again. Yep, yep. And who taught you that, or when did you first hear it? Well, I first started riding before I can even remember. One of those children that was put on a pony before before they could really remember very clearly. And I was taught by, by my mother, who was a very good instructor, as they were called at that time. And then I went on in my later life. I was taught by Franz Moringa, Tom Roberts, Tina Wormelsdorf, they are the ones that stand out mm-hmm. and various others that I've attended clinics. Those are my standout coaches. Okay. So you can't actually remember your first time you're on a horse? You can't remember the day no. that you were put on? Okay. And your parents obviously no, had horses no. or your mother had horses? Oh, yes. Both my parents rode. I rode the first rode in the Royal Show when I was first rode into the Adelaide Royal Show, show the second show after the war mm-hmm. as a seven-year-old. And I uh, rode in Adelaide show until I was married in 1960, or just prior I was married in 1964. And then I rode in Hobart Royal after that. So when you were riding and you were riding young in all these royal shows, and was it just expected then that you'd go on and teach people? Or things were a little bit different then and people didn't have instructors so much? How did that work out? There was a lot less emphasis on coaching then. Mm-hmm. You tended to get some help where you could. Yes. And I didn't ever envisage going on to become a coach. I think it was mainly when I did a little bit of teaching before I was married and then it was only when my children were involved in Pony Club. I, I think my eldest child was four when he joined Pony Club that I was asked if I would teach. And so I started teaching and started learning more about teaching and so it went on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of those things that grows without you being fully aware that it is growing. Yep. And what do you think, if someone was going to ask you about teaching and becoming a coach, what do you think the core skills that they they need, you know, to have a career with horses? If they were to have a career with horses? Mm. You know, do you see a group of children or teach a group of children if you were doing a clinic or something, and then there might be one or two standouts, what sort of skills would they have to have or what sort of personality traits would they need to be a standout to you? A standout? I see them every now and again. Mm-hmm. And they're very easy to spot after you've been teaching for a long time. They're what I describe as hungry. They're hungry for knowledge. They're keen to work hard at the sport. They're dedicated. They're the ones that come and listen and listen to your class when they're not actually riding. 
They're the ones that come on a well, a pony as well turned out as they can make it. They're often not wealthy, but they are, they've got that something. They've got that gleam in their eye. Mm-hmm. And they're often riding difficult ponies under difficult conditions. Some of them are in the past, some of them have been, been kids that have ridden the pony club because they're so keen to get there. And they're keen to glean every bit of knowledge that they can. And they're the ones that look you straight in the eye when you're teaching them and you know that they're taking it on board. And it's a particular attitude that I pick. Yep, yep. And also they have to have a certain amount of talent. Okay, okay. Yes, but the talent is no good without the determination and that grit, that desire to do it. The desire not just to win, but the desire to do it so well that you win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a difference, isn't that's it? Right. Yes. There are plenty who want to win. There are yes. plenty who want to win and plenty who want to go to the Olympic Games but they don't have a full comprehension of what it takes to make it happen. Yep. So you have a desire to do it so well that you win. So so what you're doing yes. is, is wanting to do it, but the result is winning. Yes, that's right. And, you know, there are some young kids, they're out there and they'll get out early and they'll work late and they'll work hard and they don't cry when things go. Well, sometimes they cry out of sheer disappointment, but they tend to be the ones that just get back on the horse and, and uh, but they really want to learn and they they want to put in it's the putting in that, that really counts yep 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 now you talked about earlier on about your mother helping you and you did say Franz Moringa Tom Roberts there are a couple of other people that that um you talked about that have helped you along the way what's some lessons that you've learned from them I've learned probably the main things I have learned from them just the importance of understanding the horse and riding, understanding what it takes to ride the horse correctly and not to force the horse to do things that are physiologically unsatisfactory for the horse, which is we see quite a lot of now. You've got to allow the horse to move and allow the horse to do what he does naturally and then you try and work on improving it. And those are the coaches who send a, a clear but simple message is the best way of describing it. I think the allowing the horse to do what they can already do naturally is a good explanation. Yes, and a lot of people want horses to do certain things and they ask horses to do things, but then they don't allow it. In other words, they drive the horse forward but block with their hands. That's Mm -hmm. the sort of thing that I'm talking about. Okay, and what about horses who've influenced you? A variety of horses, I guess. I suppose one horse when I was only about, well, my my various ponies, all sorts of different ponies that I rode. Mm -hmm. And then I had a thoroughbred that was given to me by my father. And I learned a lot from that because I pushed it too hard and spoiled it. And that was a lifelong lesson for me. Mm -hmm. Tried Mm -hmm. to do too much too soon. Yep. And then was much more successful later on with the next horse. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can learn from your mistakes. Yeah. What do you think your proudest moment's been? I think my proudest yeah. moments have been to see my son's success. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's important, yes. isn't it? You know, it's not just you yes. as in you doing something. It's something then you, no, you've been I able think, to contribute think, to someone I else. Think, uh, I think, you know, seeing my son win uh, what was known as Advanced Caller then and Advanced Melbourne three-day events, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. were great moments. Good. Good. Okay. Now, what about your biggest challenge? What do you think that's been? I think one of the biggest challenges was when I was married and I was unable to take my horse to Western Australia, Uh unable to take my horse to Tasmania, and I had to virtually start again, and it was a horse I was reasonably successful with. And then I was married, had children, uh, went to Western Australia, 
and then virtually started again, started with the children joining Pony Club and then getting my own horse and competing dressage in Western Australia, et cetera. Mm. But, mm. Uh, so you still had the focus but just lost a little bit and had to take a backward step but then just stayed focused, yeah. Yes, yes. And then there have been various challenges when teaching, yep. individual challenges with certain riders, mm-hmm. trying to get through to the rider, trying to get through to help the rider to understand their horse. Yeah, because you'd said before about allowing the horse to do what they can already do. Is that a tip? I mean, what what do you think is the most common fault um, that you see riders and what do you think is the most common correction that you give? The most common correction that I give to riders it, when I was teaching in Malaysia, it's the one word of Bahasa that I remember, and that's lumput, and that's soft. Mm-hmm. So almost without doubt, when I was teaching in Malaysia, I've taught in Canada and I've taught in the United States, and almost without doubt, I'm softening riders' hands. Okay. Because riders ride with too much pressure on the reins. They ride with the pressure on the reins that doesn't allow the horse, to me, to go forward. Mm-hmm. And when you can ride with softer hand, you have the horse lighter in front, less inclined to go on the forehand, more engaged behind and more able to listen to a true half halt. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. Okay, I think that's a good tip then for all our listeners to just have that in mind, you know, just have it in mind when you're riding and, yeah, we can all always keep improving, always keep getting better. Yep. All right, now we talked earlier about a book and having a book that you might use as a complementary something for the riders. Have you got something there? Well, Tom Roberts' books are excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other book that I would recommend would be My Horses, My Teachers by oh, Podaisky. Yes. yes. Any of the Podaisky books. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a pretty popular one, uh, um, mm. the Podaisky. Well, I think both the Tom Roberts and Podaisky. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to um, doing some clinics in the coming year. Mm-hmm. And going to America, the United States, to watch my son compete at uh, Grand Prix show jumping. Good. Yep. Yep. And when you go to competitions, do you always find that no matter what, you're just sitting there, you're watching the riders and, you know, the riders even before your son, you're always learning. You're always watching. You're always learning. Someone's always going to do something a bit different. It's not about you don't have to go and book in a clinic or go and specifically say you're going to learn something, but just being at competitions and watching and learning all the time. Do you find that? That is such an important statement that you've made because Franz Moringa used to say, and when I went to a dressage judging clinic of his many years ago, he used to say, when you're watching, when you're just sitting watching horses, watch the horse move, watch the hind legs, watch the front legs, watch the whole horse, watch the rider. And make an assessment, make an assessment of what you would say Mm -hmm. if you were going to be teaching them or judging them. Yes, yes. And, uh, of course, probably a person who's had enormous influence on me as a coach is uh, Miss Irving, Kay Irving. Okay. She was trained by Franz Moringa and she was also worked a great deal with Tom Roberts. 
And by working with a wall of those, the whole picture ties together, if you understand what I mean. Yes. Miss Irving's approach to, and her books too, I would all highly recommend them. Her approach to teaching the young child and right through, not just the young child, but right through to uh, elementary dressage and beyond. And uh, I feel myself very lucky to have had those people as mentors because their method of writing, teaching writing was so pure. Mm -hmm. And if you made up your mind to understand it, you would understand what you're meant to be doing. Yep. Even, if you don't, even if you're not good enough to carry it out, you have an understanding of what you want to try and achieve. Yes. Is the best way I can put it. Yes. Okay. And uh, just the quiet achievers, you might say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's your philosophy then, the quiet achievers, or can you sum up your philosophy? My philosophy now... Mm. As I, you know, after teaching for, I've been teaching now for about uh, 47 years. My philosophy now is don't try and hurry. You know, you've got plenty of time. Don't push a horse or rider too fast. That's, that's something that I say. Um, try and get the rider to understand the horse, the way the horse thinks. And also remember that every horse is different. One, a book or a set of rules don't apply because, and I think the person who taught me that most was Tom Roberts. He would train all sorts of horses that other people couldn't train because he would get right into their minds and understand what made them tick. And I've never been able to test to the way in the way that he could, but I had the greatest respect for him because I had a lot to do with him when he was young. He was a personal friend of my family and I was lucky enough to listen to him talk and get that understanding of, to understand where he was coming from with, when he trained horses and retrained horses, horses that other people had spoiled. Mm, mm. And I think it's like you said before, you know, you don't have to be able to do it as well as him, but to go in with that philosophy and know that every horse is different and it's about getting the empathy as well, isn't it? You know, having yeah. thinking about it from the horse's point of view, what's causing this problem before you can start solving it? Yes, and it's usually the rider, unfortunately. The other thing that I, another philosophy I have is that I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, it can be done, and I, I do it with jumping, but it's better not to try and teach much above what you've achieved mm -hmm. because, you know, if you've ridden to elementary dressage, we'll teach to elementary dressage if you feel comfortable doing it. But uh, I know that there are quite a lot of people out there teaching way beyond what they've actually achieved, and therefore you don't have such a good understanding. Mm. And the same with judging. If people are judging, are out there judging, and they haven't done a lot of riding and a lot of competing, they don't understand the, you know, the blood, toil, tears, and sweat that the rider has put in to even get into the ring with their horse. Mm -hmm. And when they deal out harsh marks, and they haven't have never ridden at that level themselves, it seems to be a little bit contradictory to me. Yes, that's just an opinion I formed when I've been penciling for people. Mm. I gave up dressage judging some years ago, but I did a bit of penciling after that. And uh, sometimes I think people are, some are too generous, some are too harsh. But I think you need to have ridden to understand what you're judging. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes the skills required, say, to jump a metre fence are different to a metre 20, different again to a metre 40, you know. And as you go up, yes. oh, the yes. skills required yes. are so much different. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's not, it's not well, just I'll, more I'll of the same. I'll teach to a metre, mm -hmm. but I, do, I won't teach beyond that. Because yep. I haven't jumped beyond that, you know, mm -hmm. or much beyond that, so yep. or not beyond that. So I don't. I wasn't a show jump rider, so I don't 
teach the higher levels of show jumping, but I'm very comfortable teaching the basic levels to kids because sometimes those who teach the higher levels really haven't got time to teach all those basics to the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to get them started, get, them to get a good line and get them an understanding of, of how to present a horse at a fence and line and rhythm, etc. Yep. What do you think is the most important thing that kids need to learn first before they really get in to start jumping and competing? An independent seat. Okay. Okay. An independent seat. And the best way to teach your child an independent seat, I've written a 3,000-word thesis, actually, on teaching the very young child. And uh, the most important thing is for the rider, all through their riding career, whatever they're riding, is to have an independent seat. And the best way to teach a rider an independent seat is to teach them to ride without the reins Mm -hmm. because they naturally hang on to the reins otherwise. We naturally hang on to things for balance. Mm. And a lot of children balance on the reins, and that carries right through and gradually has to be unlearned as they too want to become more skilled riders. Yep. But in independency, and it applies to every discipline of riding. Okay, good, good. Now, how can people contact you if they want to organise a clinic or talk to you about something else? On my mobile, 0428 554 Okay. Email is d.keach at hotmail.com. Okay. And those details will be on your page as well. We'll have it up at horsechats.com slash Diana Keach. Yep. All right, Di, thanks very much for talking to us today and hopefully we'll catch up with you again sometime soon. Well, thank Uh you very much for talking to me. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.